This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Shanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Football Week 11 news coming out by the hour, putting Week 11 and some large games in jeopardy. Welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, talking high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. Prospects 101 would not be able to be a show or be a podcast without our great partners, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. So, huge thank you to them. You can always interact with Prospects. 101 on social media every Saturday and throughout the week at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The full crew is here uh, here tonight in order to preview Week 11. What's up, boys? What's up, man? How you doing? Just trying to stay dry down here. Got Tropical Storm Ida. Is that what it is? Uh, hitting the East Coast, Southeast right now. So just... It's trying to stay dry right now. Dude, so is that what's causing it to rain here in Virginia, too? Is that um, what we're getting? Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure. Same storm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure these bands are hitting, like, from Virginia down to Florida right now. It's huge. Dude, it's been pouring all day up here. It's been nasty. I took my dog outside. He was, like, begging me to go outside. So I walk him outside. I open the gate, and I'm looking for Blue to come behind me and, you know, run out. And I turn around, and he's, like, sitting down. He's like, nope. I ain't going. I, I I ain't going that crap right now. Like, I it was coming down. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I mean, it's just it's just one of those days that just makes you tired, just because you're just sitting around and working from home, and but, then you look outside and you're like, ugh. The good thing though is there's football on. Some so, action tonight, baby. All right, there's some action. <laughs> That's right. Well, fellas, let's go ahead and get into some of the biggest news of the week. And obviously, this is no. Stunning news to any college football fan, but we are getting games canceled by the hour. Uh, so far, uh, University of Georgia, Missouri, UL Monroe, Arkansas State, Texas A&M versus Tennessee, Memphis versus Navy. I feel like Navy hasn't played in about two months. Um, Alabama versus LSU. I was pretty disappointed for that one. Uh, Auburn versus Mississippi State and Ohio State at Maryland. That has been canceled 
instant thoughts? Well, we we knew we knew there was always going to be a risk later on in the year as the weather started to cool and, and, and you know, the threat of what they call the second wave was going to come. And, you know, it's spiking throughout the whole country right now. And, and colleges aren't immune to that. College football players aren't immune to that. So the the conferences like the ACC, the Big 12, the SEC, and the other G5 conferences that started early have the benefit of having flexibility in their schedule. So those games are postponed versus games like Ohio State and Maryland, which are canceled. Uh, and not to be made up. There are no contests. So you know, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the MAC, all those conferences that started late are are definitely got to be sweating a little bit that their games are being canceled right now. I think I think teams like Texas A&M, this is a victory for them because every less game they can play at this point is a good thing because they're just waiting to get upset at this point. I mean, whether it was Tennessee, not that I'm a firm believer in Tennessee, but I could see Tennessee winning that game. I could see another team beating Texas A&M. So them losing out is not a big deal. I heard something else on the radio today, and it's not necessarily oh, – well, probably is just cold weather, obviously. People heard about the second big wave coming. But a lot of people were predicting this a week ago because of Halloween, saying mm-hmm. a lot of these kids were at Halloween parties, and a lot of times this stuff starts to kick in a week and a half, two weeks later. Two weeks later, look what's happening around college football right now. So it's probably a combination of both. Yeah. But I, That's good. Yeah, I know they said LSU, they're tracing it back to a Halloween party for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, really – you're right, Kenny. It doesn't really factor. It doesn't really affect any AAC or Big Ten, or not Big Ten, but SEC schools. But the Pac-12 and then the Big Ten. I mean, every game they lose, it's a one less yeah. shot they have at playoffs. Yeah, I was about to say. I don't believe any Pac-12 game has been canceled so far. But I know, obviously, the Ohio State Maryland game. That's that's a that's a little bit of a dagger for Ohio State, but look, man. I mean, anybody can watch Ohio State on on film and know that they're one of the best four teams. So I'm not sure that losing one game for Ohio State hurts them. Now they they lose two games, that then I think it's a different story. Um, you know, so that one is a, a storyline. I think that we need to be a little bit more. Uh, attended of here in the next probably week, week and a half is is Ohio State going to play next week? Does anybody know? Was this an Ohio? Was it a breakout? It was a, Mar- it was a Maryland. It was a, Mar- it was a Maryland issue. Yeah. It what was it? Yeah. It's probably them celebrating last week's win. That's probably <laughs> my guess. Most likely. <laughs> More than likely. Um, uh, other big news: uh, take two for opening week for the Pac-12. So Washington, Utah, Washington State, uh, Arizona, and Cal. Uh, well, uh, I'm sorry, not Washington State. Um, Washington, Utah, Arizona, and Cal all have their openers this week, which going to be pretty exciting. Got some decent uh, slate of games on for the Pac-12. But the interesting one is Cal because that Cal game, due to contract tracing that happened, is why their Washington game last week got canceled. And now there's even talk more about the Cal's game the Cal game this upcoming week, that getting postponed due to kind of some of this uh, contact contact tracing that's going on. Kenny, enlighten me on what's going on there. Yeah, so essentially what happens is is what's happening is the city of Berkeley, where Cal is located, has a extremely strict quarantine process, even for even for individuals who aren't necessarily COVID positive. So. In this case, some a couple of players from Cal tested positive, and then you have what's called contact tracing, which is where you go and find those who were who were close to them 
uh, who might have had contact with them, and you put them in isolation and test them and, and you know, maybe for like a week or so, make sure they they come back negative or they could have a positive test later. So generally that's kind of the, the way to go about it is you, you you have them take these tests, and as long as they produce negative, they're okay. They can be let out of contact tracing, let out of isolation quicker than what someone who tested positive for COVID would be. However, Berkeley has a mandatory 14-day quarantine regardless if they test positive or not, if they are in contact tracing. So the entire defensive line at Cal right now is in quarantine, even though they might not be positive because of the Berkeley, the city of Berkeley contact tracing rules. So they might not have an entire defensive line versus Arizona State, which honestly would probably have to have them cancel the game. And a statement came out and said the university was made aware last week of the timeline for when the case will end their isolation period and for when the contacts will end their quarantine. The team should use that information as a timeline for return of those individuals to the field. No further direction direction is pending from the city. So that's the city basically saying there will not be exceptions for the Cal football team. Their contact tracing is going to have to match up with the city of Berkeley's, which would bring them into this weekend as well. Wow. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Again, I knew last week because of the contact tracing, they didn't even have enough scholarship players, right? Like they, they were all, not only was their entire defensive line, but there were other, other players that had to go into quarantine due to it. So that's another situation that we should be paying close attention to. But, you know, like we said, guys, we knew the Pac-12 was on thin ice and especially universities in, in the state of California are really on thin ice. Um, you know, really not a whole lot of, uh, room for error, I guess you could say. So, uh, one more thing, kind of top news. Uh, we did have some split uh, split answers on our Instagram poll this week. Put out: Is a tight end worth a top ten pick in the NFL? Now, I, I will say that most fans said no, but some said yes. Uh, one said yes that if you're the Washington Football Team, you would take a tight end. Which I'm a Washington Football Team fan. That's bogus. We would definitely take a receiver <laughs> or a tackle. You take a tight end. Yeah, we'd take anything but a but a but a tight end. But you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, so first of all, it was a I believe it was Pro Football Focus had Kyle Pitts as the number five overall player getting drafted next year, and I think that led to what I posed the question on Instagram saying, "Well, is this worth the pick?" And I, I thought top five regardless was a little crazy, so I just posted as a top ten pick because back in history, if you look at Historically, look at tight ends getting picked in the first round. They just have not produced. I mean, I, you could argue TJ Hawkinson is probably the most recent one to do uh, okay at least, but I could probably name eight or nine other guys that haven't done much in the first round. So really the question is, yeah, is it worth it? In my opinion, no. Kyle Pitts is probably the closest thing I would argue saying if he's on the right team and if that team was picking nine or ten, then I could see it. But unless it was the perfect fit, I don't think a tight end is ever worth going top ten. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, I the only tight end I could think of in the last 25 years that has gone in the top 10 that I think was probably even remotely successful was Vernon Davis. Um, but Kellen Winslow didn't really pan out. Uh, we've had other tight ends go in the top 10, top 15 that haven't panned out. A majority haven't panned out. Um, and if you look at the top tight ends of the past, what, 20 years, Antonio Gates, uh, who was undrafted. He was a basketball player. Jimmy Graham, same thing. He was a basketball player. Um, Ertz. Yeah. Kelsey. Ertz, Gronkowski. Kelsey. Gronk. Kittle. Now, in Kittle. fairness, Gronk, 
in fairness, Gronk, everybody knew Gronk was a beast. He would have been a first round pick if he didn't blow his back out at Arizona. But, um, but yeah, but he, but he wasn't. They're, they're not. They're all. They're all not first round picks. So. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you guys. Um, the tight end position is not relevant enough to warrant a, a a top ten pick, nor has the past success of top ten picks at tight ends, or even first round picks for tight ends for that um, for that matter. I mean, how many tight ends did the Detroit Lions have to take before they stopped taking tight ends in the first <laughs> round? They've taken like four since Matt Stafford's been there. They're, whoever running the draft should be fired. Um, yeah. I just it, the the tight end position is not relevant enough and is not a foundational part of your football team to where it warrants, in my opinion, a top ten pick. You're in the top ten because you probably have issues at quarterback. You probably have issues at a skill position, and I mean like a number one receiver, or you have issues defending the pass, or you have issues up front. Those are like the the, the four different use cases, and tight end really doesn't fit in any of that. So to use it in the top 10 pick would be absolutely ludicrous. Um, I love Kyle Pitts. Is he a top five talent? Yes. Would I draft him in the top 10? No, I wouldn't. That would be my answer. It's going to be interesting. Now to end this, I do believe he's going to be a top 15 pick, possibly top 10. Say if, I don't know, the Atlanta Falcons are picking there maybe. Like, I think he would go well in that offense. Um, well, maybe they need help on defense. They can't stop a soul. <laughs> yeah. They can't stop a nosebleed. I, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick a tight end in the top ten. But I will say this: Kyle Pitts is probably the best tight end prospect I've seen in a long, long time. I agree like, with that. Agreed. Like, like everybody well, knew. Everybody knew Gronk was good, but the problem was, is could he stay healthy? He had like a knee injury, a back injury in college. Like he looked like an old man coming out, which is why he slipped. Pitts looks like he's a beast. And, and to his and to his uh, point, what did Florida do when he left that game last week? This Nothing. explosive team, this explosive offense, one of the best offenses in college football. As soon as he left, they kicked two field goals for the rest of the no, game. No, no, no. I, I, I think you're misconstruing what I'm saying. I, no, I, no, no, I'm no. with yeah, I, I'm <laughs> with you that he's a top talent. But would I pick him in the top ten? Absolutely no. not. No, I didn't warrant a top ten pick. I don't care what where you're. Who you are? Yeah, yeah, no. The, no, the juice, uh, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze in that scenario. Yeah, for yeah. sure, and I'm with you guys. I'm just saying on his behalf. I just had to throw that fact out there as well. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he falls. He's certainly a dynamic talent. He's got the size, um, and and really kind of fits that that hybrid mold. Um, really, for for me, it's going to be a scheme fit with Kyle Pitts. Um, going to have to go to an offense like Kansas City, I would imagine. Um, really that flexes tight ends out and really try to get mismatches. So anyways, enough with that, guys. Let's get into our Prospects 101 game day radar. Again, these are games and prospects that we are really looking forward to watching here on uh, this week and week 11. Uh, So I've got four for you. First one, Kyle Trask, quarterback from Florida. I've been beyond impressed at how well he has played this year. I think Arkansas is going to give them a a, a tougher game than most people think. Uh, But Kyle Trask has been able to make that offense extremely explosive. We were just talking about Kyle Pitts being there as well. Um, But I love Kyle Trask. Love everything about him. Love the arm strength. love Love the size. Love the poise. His ability to distribute the ball, Florida really hasn't seen since, I don't know, Chris Leak, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't think of a Florida quarterback that has been this dynamic in the past game since Chris Leak. I mean, yeah, either him or Rex Grossman, Rex, yeah. who was a Heisman finalist. 
So that that's kind of the first prospect that I'm really looking forward to watching this weekend due to just how big that game is. Uh, another guy, Tyler Lindenbaum, more than likely the is going to be the first center taken in the NFL draft center from Iowa. He has yet to allow a pressure this season. Extremely impressive. Um, and again, is probably the best center in the country. I like to see him keep that streak this week of not allowing a pressure against a very poor Minnesota team. And what do really good offensive linemen do against really bad defensive linemen? They get a lot of pancakes. So I like to see Tyler Lindenbaum get a lot of pancakes, open up a lot of holes for that Iowa offensive line. Uh, next guy, Jordan Smith, defensive end from UAB against North Texas. I love this kid. Uh, we covered him a lot. Uh, My boy! A, I like a lot guy. of our prospects before. Uh, has everything you want. Has the side, has the speed. Guys, through six games, has 26 pressures. So sack numbers aren't probably what you want, but the fact that he's getting to the quarterback and he's upsetting the pocket, uh, love to see him dominate North Texas this weekend. Uh, and that's what really high-level motor uh, – you know, rush defensive ends do against poor teams. They get after the quarterback. So I look forward to see, watching him have a huge game. And then uh, Marion, uh, uh, I have trouble saying his last name, Tupelo uh, two, the defensive lineman from USC. Everybody uh, touts about the other defensive lineman, but I tell you what, this guy had an outstanding game last week. He's 6'3", 305, had two sacks, five run stops against Arizona State last last week. Arizona's a poor opponent, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona didn't win a game all year. I like to see him have a massive game, massive impact, just like he did against Arizona State, and potentially start to get uh, some draft chatter about him. Has last season played okay, but really had a really great showing here in his first game of 2020. Yeah, um, and some guys that I'm going to highlight. Kenny, I think you're going to probably be a little upset by me saying this, but I'm excited to see Chaz Surratt, the linebacker for UNC, go to Wake Forest and beat Wake Forest and prove to his brother that he should have not sat out, not opted out. Sounds and, like somebody's still somebody's still hurting <laughs> over Wake putting a beat down on top. No, but I do believe Chaz Surratt's the, probably one of the better linebackers in the country, and I think, I think they're not going to – have Wake Forest catch them by surprise, more or less, and I think they go in there, and I think this is a big reason why they go in there and win that game. The next, a few more storylines, like why not? So the transfer QB revenge week. So we got Jerkovich, the the Boston College quarterback, coming in to play Notre Dame, the school that he was he transferred from last year. Well, Jerkovich has gone out there and proven that he's a pretty good quarterback. He's got twenty or two thousand yards, fifteen TDs, four interceptions. I would not be surprised if Notre Dame loses this game. Like, this is not a far-fetched wow. thing out there to believe. I mean, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I guarantee you they're saying the same thing. Like, watch, we're going to beat Clemson and lose versus Boston College. The classic trap game. It is, and they're a good football team. They've played, including Clemson, teams very well this year. And when you have a quarterback like that, any given Saturday, you can go out there and win. On the other side, you have Phillip Franks, the quarterback for Arkansas. Ken, or Glesson, you just mentioned you would not be surprised if Arkansas goes in there and gives them a game. Well, I think Felipe Franks, the once quarterback for Florida, transferred obviously to Arkansas, goes in there and beats Florida. They mm. just beat Georgia. I would not be surprised if this is another 
trap game. Arkansas goes in there and beats them, especially, especially if Kyle Pitts is out for a concussion, which happened last week. And then we'll, we'll just stay in the same game. Jalen Catalan, the defensive back for Arkansas, he's a redshirt freshman and probably the best freshman cornerback in the entire nation. He, he got voted SEC Defensive Player of the Week last week, which, by the way, this is Arkansas's fourth time winning that, which is ridiculous, with four different players, uh, mind you. Um, he's had two picks, two pass, in, pass deflections, 36 solo tackles as a cornerback, and two forced fumbles. This guy's the real deal. Now, if, he, if, if they go in there and they play Florida and Kyle Pitts is out, Kyle Trask is only thrown to one other receiver, and that's Kadarius Toney. So if this guy can shut down Kadarius Toney, I would not be surprised if Arkansas wins that game, assuming Felipe Franks has a good game. And the guy, last guy I want to mention is Mohamed Ibrahim. I believe we've mentioned him on the show before, the running back from Minnesota. Through three games, he almost has 600 yards, 10 TDs. Through three games. This guy is unbelievable. Yeah, Minnesota not, might not be winning as much, but it's not because of him, his fault. And if you remember his freshman year, he rushed for almost 1,200 yards as a freshman and missed three games. The, the second most yards ever by a freshman running back at Minnesota. Now, he's had some injury issues the last uh, two years, so hopefully he can stay healthy, and he's on pace to have 1,500 yards this year. So keep an eye out for Minnesota's running back, Mohamed Ibrahim. Kenny, who do you got? Yeah, I, I like that guy, Pastel. He's, I've always been a big fan of his, and, and he's one of the reasons Minnesota's been able to be so successful over the past couple of years. For me, a couple guys caught my eye. The first guy is Quiddy Pay, uh, defensive end, edge rusher out of Michigan, who – in three games has already shot up pro football focus rating as, as edge, as an edge rusher. This guy's had four tackles for losses, two sacks, tons of quarterback pressures has just been a beast so far in the first three games of the season for Michigan. And now goes and plays a strong Wisconsin team, Wisconsin, you know, their offensive line comes to play every single year. And if you were a defensive lineman worth assault, you've got to prove yourself against Wisconsin. Quiddy Pay, I'm excited to see what you can do against one of the best offensive lines in the country. And, and my eyes are going to be on you because they were going to be on Aiden Hutchinson to start the season. He's kind of been – he's kind of <laughs> been uh, – so I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, Quiddy Pay can do against Wisconsin this week. My next guy, Pastel, you mentioned it already, the Boston College-Notre Dame game. Uh, yeah, Phil Yurkovich <laughs> is going to be a big, a big reason why they're successful against Notre Dame, but honestly a big reason why Phil Yurkovich has been successful – is because of their tight end, Hunter Long. He's been an absolute beast this season. 43 catches, 501 yards receiving, three touchdowns. If not for Kyle Pitts, he would pretty much be leading in every single category for tight end this season. He's easily been the second best. And, and like I said, it's a big reason why Boston College has been so dynamic on offense and has been a reason why Phil Yurkovich has been so successful his first season starting in, in college football. So, again, if they give Notre Dame a run, a lot of it's going to be on Hunter Long's shoulders. My next guy, Brandon Joseph out of Northwestern. He's a big reason why Notre Dame – or sorry, why Northwestern has started 3-0, and they play Purdue this week. And he's been the best coverage safety, according to Pro Football Focus, in his first three games so far this year, which is a surprise. Three games, three picks, 17 tackles, a couple tackles for loss. Like, he's been all over the field for Northwestern. And, and really, and what's been a defensive-dominated team – uh, you know, they won their game against Iowa 21-20. to They won their game against Nebraska 21-13. They only gave up three points to, uh, to Maryland in their first game of the year. And this guy is a big reason for that. Purdue, what do they do well? They air the ball out. They have dynamic receivers. Sounds like Rondell Moore will be back this week. David Ball's there. 
they're, they're going to air the football out. And if Northwestern wants to win this game, they have to limit that air, that, that dynamic offense. And Brandon Joseph is the guy who can do that. My next guy, Rashad Weaver for Pitt, for Pittsburgh. They're playing Georgia Tech this week. Man, this guy has been an absolute beast and has been under the radar. After missing all of last season, he's come in the first seven games. He's got five and a half sacks, 11 tackles for loss, a couple forced fumbles, a couple fumble recoveries. He's just been an absolute monster on that defense, who has been, which has been ravaged by injuries and has had a lot of opt-outs this season. And he's been there planting the planting the Pittsburgh flag and just holding it down on the defensive line. I'm really excited to see what he can do the rest of the season. He's 6'5", 270. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the strength to continue to work his way up the draft boards like he's been doing already through seven games this season. So, again, I'm looking to see him. And, look, Gless brought, the in, brought it up earlier. What do good offensive linemen do against bad defensive linemen? They pancake them. Well, what do good defensive lines do against awful offensive lines? They create havoc. And he did that last week versus Florida State. Now he has another opportunity to do it against another subpar offensive line in Georgia Tech. I want to see him dominate again this week. And my last guy is another just mammoth of a dude. 6'5", 311 pounds, and that's Christian Darisaw, the offensive lineman the offensive lineman at Virginia Tech, and they're going up against Miami, who has one of the best defensive lines in the country and who has Quincy Roche, uh, the stud defensive lineman for Miami. There's been talk that Christian Darisaw has worked his way into a first-round draft pick. And if, yeah. if, you're gonna, if you're going to claim that, then you've got to show out against this Miami, off- or Miami defensive line. We know – what he's done to open up the run game in Virginia Tech. Blackshear, Herbert, they've all ran the ball extremely well running behind Christian Darisaw. He protects the quarterback well. He's got very good grades on pro football focus on both the pass blocking and run blocking portion of his game. This is his coming out party against Miami. That's who I'm really excited to see. Now, speaking of Miami and Virginia Tech, I don't know if you guys saw this. But Miami has opened up and has continued to be a two-point dog to Virginia Tech this week. Can you believe that? The number eight team in the country is opened up as a two-point dog, which makes us, which brings us right into our bet online segment where we take spreads, overs, unders, money line, whatever you want to, whatever you want to bet on. We give you our locks of the week, and of course, like I said, it's always been brought to you by our sponsor. At Bet Online, and the the wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out, Hallelujah! You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. First game I wanted to hit on was Miami 
lay, get, Miami giving two points to Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech this week. I'm t- you, look, I'm not even going to be surprised if Virginia Tech wins the game. But you, if you're going to give me Miami and, and two points against the Virginia Tech team that has really underperformed this season, I'll take it all day long. Do I think Miami's a top 10 football team in the country? No, I don't. But, again, you give me them in two points versus Virginia Tech, I'm going to take it. My next game is actually kicking off here in 12 minutes, and that is uh, Toledo-Western Michigan. I'm taking the over in that game, 58-and-a-half. Uh, my next game is Penn State at Nebraska. I'm taking Penn State laying three points. Uh, my next game after that is Arizona State versus Cal. Arizona State is laying four points. I think if Cal plays, they're going to have – significant depth issues due to these COVID uh, contact tracing issues we spoke about earlier in the show. So I'm taking Arizona State laying the four points. And then I'm taking TCU. I'm taking the TCU West Virginia game. I'm taking TCU as three-point dogs. They're giving three points to West Virginia. I'll take TCU and the points. Yeah, I like that that TCU play. Uh, Biggest reason why, because I've bet on West Virginia twice this year, and they've let me down. So just (laughs) hammer them home. Hammer it home, baby. Uh, Yeah, last week I had a decent week, 3-2. and But, guys, I'm 20-12 and on the season. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, so I like this. Anyways, my first one, um, Troy at uh, Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina, uh, minus 10 and a half. I'm taking Coastal and the points. I think Coastal will roll in this one. Uh, so that one was an easy take for me. Uh, Tulane uh, versus Army. Army or is five and a half point dogs. You know, I'm going to take Army in the points here. I think Army is going to win this game. Um, so I don't think it's a bad money line play either. I think Tulane stinks. Uh, I think that you know, they have one good player on defense, but their offense is terrible. Um, I like Army to win this one, um, so I'm going to take that plus five and a half and not, again, like I said, not a bad money line play. Uh, Arizona versus USC. USC, 14-point uh, favorites. I'm going to take USC in the points. I think USC is going to blow them out. Arizona, not very good, uh, and I like that USC offense to really kind of wake uh, you know wake up this week and air it out and score a ton of points. Uh, UCLA versus Utah, Utah minus three. Utah has lost a lot, but again, I am just not a believer in UCLA. So I'm going to take Utah minus three. Uh, So taking Utah on the points there. And then Arkansas versus Florida. Uh, uh, Over, under, uh, was it 62 and a half? Definitely taking the over here. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Um, I think Florida is going to air it out, score a ton of points with or without Kyle Pitts. And I think Arkansas will be able to do their fair share of scoring too. So those are my five plays of the week. And I'm not going to make the mistake, boys. I'm going <laughs> to lock those in tonight so I don't miss. Like it. So just quick story. Uh, get to Friday night. I'm, I'm out having uh, having dinner with my fiance, and the game's on in the background. I was like, oh, huh, I forgot to bet on that darn man so i looked down at my phone and i'm like oh my gosh three of my five plays are on friday so i only got one in before um well, what can you do so i'm gonna lock it in nubs glass don't <laughs> yeah, get them in tonight i know man. i'm getting them in right now i know yeah i, t- I tell you what though there, there's two things that stand out to me from you guys's pick one when there's a obvious pick and what we call obvious is the miami plus two versus virginia tech miami's 
what, eight, ninth in the nation. Virginia Tech just lost to Liberty last week. I stay as far away from those games as I possibly can. Vegas ain't dumb, especially when it comes to big-time schools like that. So just stay away from it, in my opinion. Uh, and then to, to one of your games, Glessner, Arizona versus USC. I don't trust USC, and I haven't trusted USC in probably the last decade when it comes to games that they blow out teams and games that they should have covered but didn't cover. Like, they're just so unpredictable when it comes to spreads. Uh, so I, I just stay away from USC at this point. If anything, maybe the over-unders on those games. But for, but for my five picks, uh, I was 2-3 and three last week. The first time I went below 500, so I'm 22, 19-1. and one. Winning percentage is not that great, but I'm still over 500. I'll take that, and I'm two and four money line. So, uh, my five plays this week: Eastern or yeah, East Carolina versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, uh, they're giving them 27.5 points. I'm still taking Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is on a journey right now to prove that they are a playoff team, and they can't afford to not blow out bad teams. So when they have a chance to blow out a bad team, they will do so, and that's why I believe they're going to cover that spread against uh, East Carolina. With a minus 27.5 spread. Notre Dame versus BC. I hinted at this earlier. I'm not sure BC is going to win. I'm not bold enough to take the money line, but I think BC covers a 13.5 uh, uh, spread right now. So I'm taking BC plus 13.5. Miami versus Virginia Tech. I'm not going to take the, the spread at plus two, but I will take the over. I think both of those defenses are pretty much god awful at this point, and it looks like no one can stop each other on it either side of the ball. So I think that game is going to be like a 48 to 42 game. I think they hit the over 67 pretty easily, actually. Uh, my fourth game, Oregon minus 10 versus Washington State. I think Oregon had a lot of new players last week. They still played. They still covered the spread last week. But I think they're going to, I think they're going to beat Washington State with uh, giving the 10 points. So Oregon minus 10. Also, Washington State, if you watched that game last week versus Oregon, I'm sorry, Oregon State, that second half was not good. Like, if they came out, they jumped on Oregon State. They looked like a good football team. But I don't trust Washington State so, at this point. You know, you, know what I, you know what I read today, actually, that I didn't realize when I was watching that game last week? Yeah. Do you know Washington State was, was out 32 players last week due to COVID? It was 32. I knew they were missing they had, quite a few. It was they had 32, 32 players. That's what I was reading today because I was reading an article on Pro Football Focus about their quarterback. Huh, and they were saying, like, they had 32 guys. Out. I was like, oh, my. I didn't even know they could play with that many people out. Yeah, I'd be curious how many of those were starters, though. You don't yeah. have that off the top of your head, do you? No, I didn't. I just knew Max Borgie was one of them. Right, right, yeah. So, so obviously, their best football player. That's um, crazy. That was crazy, though. Like, I blew my mind. Sorry, that was just – I saw that, and I had to bring it up. No, that's a good point. I didn't know it. I knew they had some players missing. I did not realize it was over 30. And So, my last pick of the uh, week, Colorado. I know a lot, not a lot of fans are believing Colorado yet, and I know they thought last week was just kind of a miracle win versus UCLA. I'm taking Colorado plus seven versus Stanford. Mm. Colorado, Colorado has some dudes. Their running back, Jared uh, Broussard, rushed for 180-some yards last week, and he's the real deal. They've got guys on defense as well, Mustafa uh, Johnson. And Mustafa Johnson wasn't even their best defensive player last week. They had three guys that were just all over the field on every single level. Colorado might not have the depth they needed to do well in the Pac-12 this year, but they have some stars on both sides of the football and I'm going to take them plus seven versus Stanford uh, this week as well. Wow. Uh, I actually like that last play for you, by the way. At Colorado, I think, played pretty well last week. Um, you know, well, and they have, a, they, have a, they have a kid on their team I really like, too. Uh, I don't know. He, he, I didn't see any stats from him last week, but he's a it? running back. Alex Fontenot. 
I like him a lot too. He was a pretty big recruit for Colorado. I think he was out last week and I think he might come back this week, but that was another guy I really, I, I really enjoyed. Well, if they have two guys or they have a guy as good as Jared Broussard, then that, that bodes well for Colorado. Did you know their quarterback, Sam Neuer was a safety last year? I, so yeah, but no. So he was a quarterback originally, I believe, and then yeah. they converted him to a safety because I think he was thinking about transferring or did transfer at one point. But then they converted him back to quarterback. It's crazy a story. I don't know the full details, but it went from quarterback to safety back to quarterback. It's it's a crazy story. It's huh. wild. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to think that. I tell you what, if the game came down to field goals, definitely taking Colorado money line. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. that with. The, with uh, Stanford's kicker, uh, Donkin four last week. So Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through december 31st wouldn't be prospects 101 if we didn't do any recruiting news you know look like we had a decent amount on uh the recruiting front a lot of top signings this week so pastel why don't you cover some of the biggest signings from this past week sure uh big time week for michigan state so they got two players one was a four-star defensive tackle and rayshawn benny out of Oak Park, Michigan, and then the second guy was Braden, sorry, Brandon Baldwin, the number two offensive tackle out of the JUCO ranks from Independence Community College. Everyone loves Independence Community College. Uh, but, yeah, both of these guys are studs. Uh, Rashawn Benny, I believe, is a top uh, 200 player. He's 6'5", 275. Uh, probably going to be a three technique, but I believe he could play some defensive end at the next level. Uh, but he had 40 offers. Got 40 offers, like, Pretty much any school he wanted to go to, he could have he could have gone to. So I think him being a four star top top two hundred, maybe a little deceiving. This guy's the real deal, and he's going to be the real deal at Michigan State. The other guy that got Brandon Baldwin, he's six seven, three fifteen. The guy needs to develop. He went to JUCO. I think he did kind of obviously develop, and he had offers from Louisville, Maryland, Liberty, a couple other schools. So I think he's going to do well for Michigan State as well. The biggest signing of the week was Derek Davis, uh, the number. Uh, four-star safety, number two overall safety in the country, signs with LSU, kind of just solidifying LSU right now as that number three recruiting class in the country in the 2021 recruiting uh, trail. He's 6'1", 194, big-time signing for uh, for LSU. Uh, Yosef Mugerbill, I, I probably butchered that last name, but he's a four-star off- offensive lineman, 
Uh, probably going to play guard. I'd imagine maybe offensive tackle, but I'd imagine guard for Florida. Uh, he's from Murphy, North Carolina, so big-time signing for Florida. Uh, as far as decommitment, so this is one that's been on my radar for a little bit. Austin Barber, the three-star offensive tackle, huge dude, 6'7", 315. Decommits from Minnesota. Sounds like he is now leading Virginia Tech, Maryland, or Mississippi State. I'm sure all three of those programs could use some offensive line help, so it's going to be a big-time signing for whoever lands Austin Barber. The next guy is Miami loses a three-star cornerback, Tim Burns Jr., and then probably the biggest decommitment of the week. We highlighted him on our uh, show this past Sunday, but Shadur Sanders decommits from FAU and goes home to join his daddy at Jackson State and kind of just jumpstart that recruiting class right now for Jackson State that has, I think, what, three three-star players, one four-star player. It's, it's just crazy to see what Deion Sanders is going to do with that program and the amount of time that he's going to be there for. Because right now it sounds like he can recruit, which is a big asset uh, in college football. The only transfer news that I see here is Iowa has now lost four players in the last two weeks, guys. <laughs> like, they have lost four players to the transfer portal in the last two weeks. So they just lost another guy. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Darion McKinney, the defensive back. But there's been other guys like Shadrick Bird, the running back, Yahweh, Judy, the linebacker, and Calvin Lockett, the wide receiver. So it's just interesting, more or less. None of these guys were starters, but they, some of them got playing time. But it's just crazy to think a school can lose in the middle of the season four players in two weeks. By the way, can we talk about somebody's first name being Yahweh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, like Avatar, right? No, that's no Yahweh is definitely it, no. It's God. It's God. It's I God. Think. Yeah, I, I think it means God. God in Hebrew. That's a we're gonna yeah. That's a heck of a first name then. It, it is. A, I've seen it. I've, it's I've the seen, name I've of the seen. God in the kingdom of Israel, later known as the kingdom of Judea. But yeah, it's Yahweh. Yeah, because I've seen they have churches. <laughs> they have churches of they have churches of Yahweh yeah. around here. I'm pretty know. sure Yahweh's in Avatar as well, though. I've never seen. I've never seen Avatar. You never seen the movie Avatar? I've I've never seen it. Oh man, it'll yeah, it's it's not bad. Oh, by the way, guys, breaking news come out. This is actually a really sad story. What's that? Um, but it's worth mentioning. So Journey Brown is actually retiring from football due to a heart oh, condition. No. He was diagnosed with a uh, hypertrophic cardio uh, myocarditis. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what that is is essentially it's the hardening of the heart. So the walls of the heart stiffen. Um, the point it just restricts blood flow and, you know, obviously if you're strenuous, it probably makes you a lot higher risk. Um, but yeah, no, that came out about seven thirty uh, right before we started the pod. So super sad. That's Feel super bad sad. For him. Yeah, no. And, and, and I remember, was it last year? He was kind of a nobody for Penn State, not a nobody, but he was like a third string running back that kind of continually worked his way up to second string and then ended up being the best running back on Penn State. And we were talking about it in previous shows about him being a potential top five running back this year. So uh, I hope it, I hope it works out for him. Absolutely. But th- that guy was a special talent in college football. Yeah, Man, what a, it, it's, it's sad, but what a, you know, it's one of the things it's a silver lining of COVID-19 because they, 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 he would have never gotten tested for that. If it if they weren't, if they didn't do that prevent for preventative measures, because remember that came out in the big 10, that's why he got tested. Was yeah, because that's how they, they found it. it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how they found so, it. So, I mean, not necessarily – obviously, COVID-19 sucks, and it's been a, just a horrible thing in 2020, for us in 2020. But it could have saved his life. But it, it, it did, yeah. He could look back. Like, literally, that's what that's the silent killer. That's what – when those athletes 
who die suddenly on the field or in practice or collapse, that's generally what it's from, is from a heart issue like that. So, you know, yeah, it sucks, but at the same time, it literally probably saved his life. Like that's, yeah. you know, that to anybody who's sad about it, that's the upside of it. There you go. It's yeah. called that's called hunting the good stuff, Kenny. It's what we do in the military. It's when there's a lot of downside, we look we look for the good stuff. Is what we do. It's that's right. The good stuff. That's right. Also, j- just uh, want to point this out here. So, let, last thing we'll say before we get off here, because I uh, we gotta go. Um, but Mel Mel Kiper came out with his quarterback position rankings, and if you look at the top six, these are six guys that could be first round draft picks: Lawrence Fields, Lance Wilson, Jones, and Trask. And then you have Kellen Mond after that. Jamie Newman is at eight. Probably nobody has botched this more than Jamie Newman. And then Oops. number nine, Kenny Pickett. Coach, he stinks. Ooh, he, nine? He may, the, he may be the worst four-year starting quarterback I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and so is Kellen Mond. I don't care if they're number six in the nation right now. I think there's no way he's this with the seventh-best quarterback in this draft either. Thanks, Coach. The only reason I was looking at that is because Mel Mel Kiper came out with his uh, uh, running back or offensive rankings and had Journey Brown at number four. Oh, so, uh, dang. Yeah, it's, it's, you hate to see it, man. You really do. So, uh, Anyways, uh, make sure you add Prospects 101 to your college football routine on Saturdays by following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, posting throughout the week as well as, well as throughout the games on Saturday. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to stay up to date with all of our episodes. Also, please give us a five-star review as well. We appreciate you spreading the word. Uh, For Kenny, for Pastel, I'm Gless. Enjoy week 11, and please, let's keep all the games. Don't want to see any more canceled.